Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Why don't I actually start off with a little story? Now, this was a story with my son, the youngest one, Robert. Robert, you, you, children, parents, you, you want to look after your children. You want the best for your children. You want to protect them. Of course you do. Well, my son, he wanted to go down to Monash University, and I was a bit concerned as far as the spiritual aspect of his journey in that what's going to happen when he's so far away from home. Anyway, it was wonderful. We had this amazing opening whereby he was able to be a part of a church whereby they had student housing. The church was only 20 metres from his housing. There was something like six or seven different students coming in there, Christian background. This was just wonderful. Anyway, the church had this special occasion where they had the parents come down and uh, we could then have a meal, get to know the fellowship, and it was just all wonderful. Anyway, the person responsible for running the Bible studies and looking after the students um, was there and he sat down and had a talk with me while we had our meal. And to my shock, there wasn't a single thing we could find we could agree on in the Bible. Not a single thing. Now, I started with creation, went to the flood, went to Daniel, went to... Any miracle in the Old Testament went to Jesus. The only way. No. The, the virgin, virgin birth. No. Jesus is the way, the truth. No. The, the return. And I'm thinking, what the heck have I got my son into? So very calmly, we went back to his room and I sat down to explain the problem. Help! What have I done? And because you just want to care for your son. And here he is in an environment that I thought is the worst environment he could get into. Bless his heart, he never came a part of that church. The Bible study that guy was supposed to run collapsed. He never went and they went to an evangelical church that believed in the Bible. But here's the question. How does that happen? How does someone totally just ignore the word of God from beginning to end? How do they do that? It doesn't happen straight away. It happens slowly. What happens there, there is an intellectual understanding, intellectualism, and it pulls the way from the love and the passion of the word of God. When we talk and we sing about loving Jesus Christ, we're talking about loving his word as well. They can't be separated. You can't intellectualize Christ and the word there together. Another little story. Um, there was a minister who I respected and he had this really unusual belief that was totally contrary to the word. And I asked him, how did you get to that? Help me as a Christian to understand how you got to this point where I'm nowhere, I'm over here. And he said to me, Stephen, I've read texts. And I said, great, 
Tell me the chapter and the verses of the text to help me so I can understand this. And he said, oh, Stephen, they're not in the Bible. He couldn't even hear himself say what he said. Here I was presenting the scriptures. Here he's saying, no, it's not in the Bible, it's over here. Once again, intellectualism. And it just separates you from. Now, why do I highlight this? First, before I say that, Acts 5.29 says, we must obey God rather than men. It's quite simple. Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. The problem is people are prioritising the world's truth over God's truth. And we're in this battle in this world where the world's truth is wanting to dominate. John 8, 31 to 32 says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Let me say it again. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So if we don't abide in the world... We are not his disciples. Let me read it once more, but the full text. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There is no other place to discover and find the truth but in God's word. Now, our scripture today, which I'm focusing on, is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. The scripture teaches us about the treasure of the gospel message. The treasure. In my introduction, I emphasise John 8, 31 to 32, which highlights truth, freedom and endurance of believers. If we prioritise human wisdom over God's wisdom, I'm telling you now, you're going to totally miss the mark of this message today. And that's where people go wrong. They prioritise what the world is saying. Many people fall away from when they go through trials. They fall away from the faith. And often they fall away because their foundations are not in the word of God. So why I've spent these few minutes just highlighting these aspects is that it's so critical that we come in unity to agree that it's not my word, but it's his word. And it's his word that we hold tight to, so tight Decades ago, I was part of a denomination and the leader or the moderator of that denomination declared to everyone, all the ministers, it was in Victoria, all the ministers of Victoria, the Bible is like an oyster. Within it, you'll find the pearl and the rest you throw away. Doesn't that just shock you? It's just unbelievable. The oyster, the the Bible is the pearl. The Bible is the pearl. And it's when people don't understand that, the world can step in with its 
philosophies and teachings to then drag you away. And just like that person with my son who didn't understand or believe anything of the word that I could find, um, I'm sure it happened little by little, just little by little. So please, first step is just to pull you back today and say, do I reverence this word with all my heart, my life, my love? Do I reverence that so strongly? Genesis to Revelations, it's his word and it's powerful. I love the creation story. It just gives me such goosebumps how he created everything. I love to the revelations where he's on his throne and where they're worshipping him and he has victory over everything. Isn't it wonderful knowing that no matter what trials we go through, we know he's in control. You know, I've always wondered or I remember listening to a sermon long ago talking about revelations. If we weren't given revelations, we would be thinking Lord, have you lost control of this world? But no, he's given us the end story. We know he has everything in control. Now, before we get into 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it is believed that Paul wrote this chapter, this book rather, on his third missionary journey. Now, we've been studying 1 Corinthians in our connect groups. And what conclusions have we come up with about the Corinthian church in the connect groups? Anyone? Sorry, speak up. They're screwed. screwed. Well, I would say. (laughs) They're messed up. (laughs) Anything else? It's a crazy environment in Corinthians, absolutely crazy. And here's Paul coming with a beautiful message in coming to bring them into alignment. One of the interesting things, as we study Corinthians, you could easily say, God, why didn't you just give up on them? But yet, we all know 1 Corinthians 13, that beautiful chapter of love, and often that chapter is used within the environment for um, weddings, relationships, but that chapter was delivered for the church in the love amongst the people in the congregation. That chapter was delivered to us in how we need to relate with each other. Even in a very dark place, God sent a beautiful word into the Corinthian church. Now, the Corinthian church was founded by Paul during his missionary journeys. He faced numerous challenges and struggles, including divisions, false teaching, and lots of worldly influences into the Corinthian church. The Corinthian town was known for its immorality, idolatry, with a cultural, listen to this, it had a cultural focus on wealth, pleasure, and self-gratification. I'm kind of thinking, I think I know places like that. It's no difference than what we are today. The believers in the Corinth church were pressured to conform to society values. Once again, just like us today. And to conform to their practices and it led to the compromises and challenges on their faith. They were just falling under the pressure of the cultural environment that was happening around with them. 
And Paul was coming in with the light to say, this is what God is saying to you. There are just so many similarities between the Corinthian and us today. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 to 18, which we're going to be working through, Paul emphasises the inner transformation of our lives through the gospel rather than through the external. Interesting thought. The gospel comes from within our hearts. We live in what I call a plastic age where we present through social media and all these different influences, we want to present the perfect world of our lives. And that's not how you get the perfect world and how you present the outward appearance. The perfectness is the gospel message coming out from the inner self and expressed in love. The passage we're going to be looking at specifically highlights endurance and perseverance in the face of hardships and challenges. Paul uses the metaphor jars of clay containing the treasure of the gospel and demonstrating the power, and this is so beautiful, he demonstrates the power of the gospel through human weakness. And that's each one of us. We are frail, but yet we are the ones the gospel message is to come through. He acknowledges, this is Paul, acknowledges that we're going to face trials, but he assures them that they can overcome through God's power. The scripture we're about to read carries a timeless message of endurance, hope, and faithfulness in the midst of trials applicable to all believers of all generations. So as we now open and read this, this is God's word. Let's open 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying the body of the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to the death of Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. 
So we do not lose heart. Though the outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. And I agree, amen. We could leave it there. But let's just work through verse by verse. Let's just open his word and just work through it, one verse at a time. And let us just absorb the verses as they just really just sit right into our heart. But before we do that, let's just pray. Lord, we come to you now as we approach this scripture, as you through the Holy Spirit, work through Paul to deliver this to a culture of that day which is so similar to the culture of our day. Lord, may our hearts be open to hear. May our hearts be open to receive. All of us have struggles and persecutions and hardships in our life. But Lord, may we put that into a perspective of understanding that it's all about you. It's about Jesus. We commit as we now work through these verses in your name. Amen. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Believers are compared to the fragile elements of a clay pot. Does anyone remember, you know, doing clay at um, school and you make it and then you put it in the kiln and then you get it out and then, oops, I dropped it and it smashes everywhere. Clay pots are not perfect. And he's recognising with us that we're like that. We can relate to this fragility as we grow older and I'm certainly relating to it. You know, there was a point that I was like Doug now, superhuman powers. We come to set up and he grabs, you know, I grab two chairs to put out. What does he grab? He grabs six chairs and moves them in both hands. There is a point in all our lives that we can recognise that in our own strength, we think we can do so much, especially when we're young. But as we get older, we recognise more and more that we are those fragile We are those fragile jars of clay. The reality is we always have been fragile. It's our overconfidence that lets us think that we can do everything in our own strength. The reality is we can't. It is only through Christ. And the beautiful thing is, as fragile as we are, Christ has chosen us to deliver the gospel message. Despite our weaknesses, the power and the glory come from God, not from human strength or ability. And that's what he wanted to demonstrate. In our fragility, he wants to demonstrate his power through us to the world. Verse 8 says, We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair. As jars of clay, we face challenges and difficulties but we're not crushed or in despair. Just be honest. 
I haven't come across a person that hasn't have a struggle in their life. They're either going into a struggle, coming out of a struggle, or in a struggle. And that's just the reality. And the scriptures know this. It's been revealed to us that this is nothing to be surprised about. If we want to put on a facade that, I'm a Christian, everything's perfect. You're just being plastic. You're not being real. We do go through struggles, each one of us. And this is where the body is needed together to work together to love and to care for each other through that. But despite our struggles, the gospel message is meant to come through that. Look at the opportunities of your struggles as opportunities to speak forth the gospel message. Though we may be hard-pressed, we are not destroyed, thanks to the sustaining power of God. Now, Paul is talking about suffering. Did he understand about suffering? Later in that same book, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 11, he says, Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labours for more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near to death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Man, alive! (laughs) Let's keep on going! A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers in toils and hardships. Through many a sleepless night, hunger, thirst, often without food, in cold exposure and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of my anxiety over all the churches. And I'm thinking, man, alive. Yes, Paul understood what it was to be under a lot of pressure and things going wrong. But yet, what did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord again. I say rejoice always. Suffering is a part of our life. We can't escape it. It is a reality. It is a part. But a big part of that is how are we going to approach it? Disease, death, disaster and deep disappointment. These are all aspects that we face as Christians. Let's now return back to Paul in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 4 when he's continuing on talking about the persecution. Verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. We may face persecution. We may face many other different pressures that come into our life. But we do this in the love of Christ and in his strength. And if Paul can go through all he has and with the Holy Spirit empowered in his life to look after him, carry him through that, He can carry each one of us as well. By verse 10, always carrying in the body of the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. 
Basically, what he's saying, as believers, we need to be willing to face the suffering for the sake of the gospel. By identifying with the death of Jesus, we also share in his life and resurrection. And his life is manifested in our lives. We need to identify in his death and in his life. We need to recognise. What does it say? Pick up the cross and follow me? It didn't say, let's pick up the holiday camper van. It said, pick up the cross and follow me. And what does that mean? It does mean challenges in our lives. Verse 11, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. We may face, and we don't know where our society is going, but I've watched 60 years of this being what used to be a Christian country to a full-on carnal country. And we know there is pressures coming down. We don't know what we're going to face. But persecution? Expect it. Don't be surprised. This is the Christian journey. And interesting, and it's been said many times, but where does the church often flourish? In persecution. And that's because the beautiful message of the gospel message is delivered through trials and tribulations and struggles. Our lives point to Christ in the midst of suffering. If you're in turmoil within yourself today, one thing I want to acknowledge is don't deny it. We don't want to pretend it doesn't exist in our lives but rather we want to acknowledge it to Jesus and pray, Lord, in the midst of this, I want to pray that the gospel message can shine through it, to shine through it. Don't deny it. We're not in a plastic world. We're in a world where the Lord wants to hear your inner self where you're at, but he wants that gospel message to go straight through that crisis, whatever it is. Verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life is in you. The suffering and the death we may experience for the sake of the gospel will result in spiritual growth of others. That's really an interesting concept. Just think about it. But it's through our suffering that the gospel message can come through whereby it actually brings life into other people. Interesting. He works through our trials. He works through our struggles. Our willingness to endure trials and persecution becomes a testimony of our faith in Jesus. Then they say it's real. I've had it a couple of times. There was a, a, a person who fell away from the Lord right up to her death. And she said to me, she stayed in relationship with me, talking about spiritual things because she said, you're authentic. And that's what we all want to be is authentic Christians. Now, back to that story with, the, um, with my son. One of the things the guy said to me was, I worked you out before I spoke to you. I knew you were one of those. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's what we want to do. We want people to... Just 
to, to experience us to know that we believe in God's word. And when we have that solid foundation of his word, we can go through trials and struggles. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed, so I spoke. We also believe and we also spoke. Faith is critical in our challenges that we face. As believers empowered by the same spirit, we also believe in God's promises and we must speak it out in faith as well. We need to speak out our faith. The reality is... The relationship between belief and action. We have to believe it and be totally sold out to the word of God and all that's in it. Totally sold out and that needs to be reflected in our actions. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Believers have the assurance of the resurrection and the eternal life through their faith in Jesus. As Jesus has died and raised, we will also follow there. We will die and be raised. And that is our wonderful hope. And that is central to the gospel message. Once again, the joy of the gospel message, the joy of what it is to be able to give, the assurance. You know, I've entered many different discussions with people in theological discussions where they take, like I've shared at the beginning stories, an opposite position. And it's such a confidence to know I don't know everything, but I know the word of God has it for us. And when we speak it forth, we speak forward his word. All I could do with that minister was to say, okay, I hear what you're saying from other texts that I shared about the story, but this is what the Bible says. No, no, the other text, he was more about the other text from man. Verse 15, for it is all who, sorry, let's do it again. Verse 15, for it is all for your sake that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. The suffering that we go through has a purpose. Don't take suffering as why me? Or there is a false teaching in the Christian community that everything has to be perfect in the Christian's life and if it's not maybe you're sinning that's not true we all go through suffering but what happens is with suffering it can bring people into seeing the glory of Christ So just place that into your mind when you go through the next challenge as far as how, Lord, pray, how, Lord, can this situation bring others to the glory and to see you, not me, but you. The hardships and sacrifices of believers ultimately benefits others. It's so easily to focus inward when we go through our struggles so easy but look at it that we can go through that struggle and suffering to benefit others 
Verse 16, so we do not lose heart through our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. My outer self is wasting away. So is yours. Despite the challenges and the hardships, we don't lose heart and we never give up. Our physical bodies are going to deteriorate. I'm going to die. And so are you. Unless he comes back beforehand. (laughs) But that's, I accept, I'm going to die. But isn't it wonderful knowing in the assurance of Jesus Christ and Lord that in his death there is resurrection and that that is my future? And I so look forward to having... I used to say I look forward to having a sinless body. I do. But now I really look forward to having a healthy body. Verse 17. For this light is momentary affliction is preparing for us eternal weight of glory Beyond all comparison. The difficulties and the sufferings we face in this life are temporary. And the light that we mentioned in Revelations that Doug read is for eternity. Enduring these hardships with faith produces a greater and everlasting reward in the future. And the last verse, verse 18. As we look not to these things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We are encouraged to keep our eyes on the eternal, not on what we see before us. Our perspective should be directed towards eternal processes. Our hope is in God, which surpasses the fleetingness of this age we live in. The eternal. Okay, practical application to all this. A couple of points. First one, fix your eyes on Jesus. Keep him as the central focus of your life rather than being consumed by the things of this world. It is far too easy for the world to distract us. Watch out. The world will do everything it can to distract you. Paul is encouraging the Corinthians church to look up, not down and not inward. Second, rely on the power of the gospel, recognising your weaknesses and humbly rely on the transformative power of the gospel message. Okay. Allow the gospel message to transform you inwardly. Paul focuses the Corinthian church back to the gospel message. Cultivate, this is the third point, a mindset of eternity by keeping our eyes focused on who? Christ. We recognise that our current sufferings and struggles that we go through are temporary. Not the things, don't keep your eyes on the things of this world. The world can look within itself, 
The end result is despair and hopelessness. Many people I've had in my life had to counsel in a secular environment whereby despair and hopelessness is all they've got to look at. Christ is the only answer. It is only in Christ and only through Christ that there is any hope, any hope of travelling this world. Practice faithfulness in your daily living. Live out your Christian life by being faithful in your service to Christ. Paul declares in verse 16, our inner self is being renewed day by day. It's an ongoing process. You may be here, but he's working on you. The analogy I like is a diamond. When a diamond is taken out of the ground and you look at it and how beautiful, it doesn't reflect beautifully because the craftsman has to come in and chip away at it to get all the right angles so whenever a light approaches it, it just radiates a beauty. Lord Jesus Christ is our craftsman. And he's working on your life day by day. So don't think it anything unusual. Seek support and accountability. Paul was teaching and speaking to the Corinthian church in holding them accountable for many things. And he was basically saying, get your act together. This is the way to go. Listen. We amongst ourselves have that responsibility to hold each other. Church is not an uh, option. Uh, sorry, is not a optional thing to do. That's it's wonderful you're here. I do understand there's circumstances, sickness, people are away. Understand that. But if you have an attitude that I might or might not go to church, then there's something wrong. You need to be running to church because this is an opportunity for us to be able to be a body that has been put together by the Lord Jesus Christ where we can support and love each other. This week we're speaking to a couple. Yeah, they do church. They do church at home. They watch the latest um, YouTube um, message and that's their church. That's not church. And we all knew that. We've all gone through COVID. We know what church is. We've lived the other side. We No one felt that was church being at home. We hated it. We did the best we could in the environment, but we never want to return to that. Okay, a couple of concluding thoughts. Okay, I've gone maybe a bit too long. But listen, I love Jesus, and I struggle like the rest of you. And I've had my struggles in the last um, 12 months. But always in those struggles, I want Jesus to shine through. And I'm conscious I don't want it to be inward. And I just love you. You're so concerned for me. The prayers, the love, the asking how I'm going, I appreciate that. And I'll be honest, and there's been times I've been really, really down, physically struggling. And I can't say, oh, everything's good. It isn't. But even when I'm down, I just want you to know I love Jesus. And I've never, ever said, Lord, why have you done this? Never. Because he's in control. He's in control of my life. The gospel message emphasised that salvation from our sins is only through Christ's death and resurrection. That's it.
We had two scriptures written, read, sorry, from Doug today. Genesis and Revelation. Why did I pick those scriptures? Because I wanted to demonstrate Jesus is in control. Jesus was in control at day one. He is in control at the end. He is in control of your life. He is in control. If he can have creation and the end and everything all wrapped up, man alive, has he got our lives in control and we can walk in the strength, the assurance of that. You know, I wanted to say more. (laughs) I'm going to skip a whole lot of things, but I will say one thing. Satan will come in and he will want to pull you away. And how does he do that? He revealed his trickery in Genesis 3. And that is, has God said that? Yeah, he has. And like those stories I said at the very beginning... They fell into human intellectualism because they felt within themselves they knew more than God. Intellectual pride, dangerous, destructive. It's the word of God and the answer to the question Satan said is yes, God has said that. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. Clay vessels, imperfect, and ones that do have struggles. And Lord, we know that if we're not in a struggle now, it could come in the future. But Lord, we praise you that you go before us, you go with us, and you have our lives in your hand. And Lord, I just want to pray for each one here that will walk out of today with such a firmness in the gospel message, irregardless of the circumstances we're going through, that we can recognise you're in control, that this world will pass, but your love for us will never pass. Lord, we just pray now, and I want to pray for those here now that are having some personal struggles whatever they are, to know that you're with them and that they can just turn to you and just ask the simple question, Lord, how can your gospel message shine through what I'm going through? And what that does, it focuses us outward and not inward. The world wants us to focus inward. And Paul is telling us, don't focus inward, focus outward. Focus outward to the gospel message. Focus outward for the benefit of others. Lord, I pray that this scripture will just really sink in deeply and that the word of God and its authority will be so strong in people's lives so that when someone looks at you, they'll say, yeah, I know what you're like. You're one of those. Yeah, we're one of those. We're a Jesus disciple who loves him with all our heart 
and all our might. Lord, we praise you now in your name. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.